0: On the wind. Watch how I swim. Lo fi Polycide podcast coming at you. Oh, yeah. Michael Pickering here talking about our famous question what's going on in the world today? And we got a full lineup for you today, people. We got that lo fi global for you. We got that metro weather for the week. We got that box office from the weekend. We got some connecting to knots. We got music. We got trivia. We got lo fi story time. So just sit back for the next little bit and breathe. Let's go with that lo-fi global. First up, let's travel to Honduras, where big news dropped this past week about the former president of the country, President Hernandez, who just left office in January, mind you, was arrested and is possibly awaiting extradition to the United States on drug trafficking charges. My friends, this is major. So his brother last year, we talked about how he was convicted in the U.S. and sentenced to life in prison. But this is an actual head of state, a world leader, just finishing their term in office, being arrested right after, and possibly being sent to another country for drug charges. There's so many implications for this one. We're definitely revisiting this and connecting the dots later in the show. But we'll keep an eye out for you and let you know what develops in Honduras this next week or two. And if the president actually is extradited. Stay tuned for that, people. Now, let's head on over to Kuwait, where the Constitutional Court, very similar to our own Supreme Court here, well, they stepped in and ruled an amendment to the country's Article 198, That made imitating someone of the opposite sex carry a criminal sentence of one year in prison. They ruled it unconstitutional. And let's be clear here, people this law was directly aimed at the transgender community in Kuwait. And there are people in Kuwait in prison for this right now that hopefully, hopefully now, they will be released because this part of the law has been ruled unconstitutional. Folks, this is great news. But it also shines a light across the globe that there is still lots of legal discrimination against the transgender community in many countries. And we'll keep you posted on any other developments we hear about this in Kuwait. And you let us know if you hear something first. All right, let's move on over to Ethiopia now and check out what's going down there. And no, for the first time in a minute, we're not talking about the ongoing civil war, but rather an update to a story we surely have talked about over the past year and a half, and that is Ethiopia is finally turning on the generators at the dam they built over the Nile River, the Blue Nile, to be precise. So to get everyone up to speed who wasn't around back in the day, the Nile flows south to north, first off. And the part we're particularly looking at, it goes from Ethiopia through Sudan and then through to Egypt to the Mediterranean. And Egypt and Sudan have been seriously bitching about this dam for years and telling Ethiopia straight up that they cannot build this dam and restrict the flow of the river water to both of these other countries. And that I was way too important for both of them to allow this to happen. And lots of meetings and talks about this have taken place over the past few years between the three countries. And those talks, well, they got nowhere. And now Ethiopia has started up the generators connected to the dams. Eyes wide open on this, people. Ethiopia is in the middle of a civil war, and they have made a move like this against Sudan and Egypt's economic and political agendas. Granted, Sudan is in the middle of a lot of civil unrest themselves, but Egypt? Keep your eyes on Egypt, people. I am sure they will have something to say about this. Next up, on over to Iran, where the parliament of the country has just passed a new law restricting what the president can do as it relates to the negotiations of the Iran nuclear deal, which seems to be actually coming along. I know, a bit of a surprise. But the Iranian parliament has stressed that the president of the country cannot make an agreement without them. And this law sets down some criteria that must be followed if that agreement is to be passed. You know, and some of the biggies that the parliament passed. First, And these listed here aren't the full law passed, nor in the order that the government wrote them. It's just the order we're talking about them in. First off, the country signing onto the nuclear deal cannot back out of it after it's signed, like the U.S. did in 2018. Next, signatories of the deal can't use the snapback measure in the original deal that would automatically reinstate United Nations sanctions if Iran broke the agreement. And that sanctions passed under false excuses had to be lifted off of Iran. And if all that was done, then Parliament would consider the new Iran nuclear deal. And look, that's not even the entirety of what Parliament passed, but just that is a lot. And I'm really curious to see how the rest of the countries of the nuclear deal will react to this. You know, if they'll come with a counter-proposal or not, and if Iran would accept that proposal. You know, it's hard to say at this point, but so far, we are slash we're hearing good things about progress in the meetings. We'll keep you posted as we find out more this week. And a last bit of that lo-fi global, for now at least, we move to Italy and talking about weed. So Italy has a petition referendum system in place. It's if enough people sign on to a specific petition regarding the proposal of a given law, that law will be put up to a countrywide vote to see if it becomes legal. And it's truly a form of direct democracy today that we don't see all that often. However, The petition and the law have to be approved by the Constitutional Court of Italy first to make sure that the proposal would, in fact, be constitutional. If it's not, can't go to a vote. And one such proposal was to legalize the growing of weed for personal use, along with some other refinements, as well as the elimination of jail time for smaller quantities. But also, and apparently, it had some stuff in it about other drugs, too. That the Constitutional Court? Just didn't like the idea of. And they said, you know, the implications of it being that if that law were to be passed, it would have international effects regarding Italy's placement in certain country level groups. And this isn't just necessarily an Italian centric problem. Many countries dealing with the legalization of different narcotics are having to carefully consider that if they do it, and specifically how they do it, would they be labeling themselves on the international system? as a drug-trafficking-slash-drug-producing country. It's an interesting problem to have. Though I doubt this is the last time a proposal will be made in Italy dealing with the legalization of marijuana. We'll let you know when the next one comes up. Yes, indeed. But let's go ahead and switch gears again. Let's uh, cue up a little music and get you that five-day Metro New Orleans weather and the weekend box office report. Everyone always wants to know, is it cloudy with a chance of meatballs out there? We got you covered, New Orleans. Monday, most certainly cloudy with a chance of meatballs, so you may want to keep that meatball repellent around. Temps will be lovely, though, 67 to 76 degrees. Tuesday and Wednesday, warming up a bit to around 80 degrees each day. Partly cloudy, lows at about 67, and a 40% chance of meatballs. Thursday, 25% chance of meatballs. Highs at 83. Damn, that NOLA winter for you. Finally getting around here. Lows at 54 degrees, though. And Friday, 25% chance of meatballs again, with temps ranging from 64 to 51 degrees. And that's your five-day weather, NOLA. But always remember, it is New Orleans could rain any day and every day. Don't forget to look outside before you walk outside. Now how about that weekend box office? Oh stop the music. There may actually be a movie mixed up in here. I'll go see. I'm curious if you can guess what it is. To the box office we go. What did people check out at cinemas this weekend? Well coming in at number five. Jackass Forever at 6.2 million in ticket sales. Number four, Death on the Nile at 7.2 million. Number three, Spider Man still kicking it with another 8.8 million. Number two, Dog with 18 million. And number one, Uncharted. With 51 million, it's opening weekend at the box office. Damn, movies are definitely back this year. And did you check out a movie this weekend? What'd you go see? How was it? Record a quick review. Send it on in. We'll play it on air. Yes, indeed. All right, enough. It's time for that deep dive in Connecting the Dots. Connecting the Dots, we go into one global news story, dig into the heart of it all, and then let you know why it all matters. Today, we're talking about Honduras' recent and former president being arrested and possibly being extradited to the United States to face criminal charges on narco-trafficking. And really, we'll focus on the part about this story surrounding a head of state, a world leader, more than what the charges are actually about. But let's start off with a brief background to set up our conversation to inform us about what's really going on in the world today. So Latin America, Central America, South America, Whichever you wish to use to begin this discussion. The United States has a long, long history of interfering in these countries' domestic affairs. Whether it's CIA operations to overthrow governments or to undermine the economies and cause economic collapse or lots of other ways, the United States has done a great host of things to manipulate Latin American politics. This is a fact, it is not an opinion, it is not a theory. These are facts that the U.S. government has since, decades later, come out and admitted to. And as such, we're not going to spend time listing all of these things. You can look them up for yourself. The relevance here for us and our topic today is the fact that the U.S. has been involved in manipulating Latin American politics for a very long time. And it's nothing new. All right. Now that the stage is set, though. Let's dig into the meat and potatoes of it all and talk about what's going on right now in Honduras. Their former president, Hernandez, just left office in January. Last year, his brother was convicted in a U.S. court of drug trafficking charges. And in that case, it came out that the president was directly working with narco traffickers and the U.S. has issued an extradition order and asked the current Honduran government to hand over the former president for prosecution. Now, again, our conversation here is not about the charges themselves, the theme of them, or the merit of them. Oh, no, 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 no. Our conversation is about whether or not the Honduran government is going to hand over a very recent head of state and world leader to another country, the United States, for criminal prosecution. We are talking about one country requesting another country to send their former president to be charged and possibly go to prison for life. We're talking about international criminal cases here, taking place in the United States court system. Now, let me think for a second. Hmm. Doesn't this ring a bell of something similar we've been talking about lately? I mean... Haven't we heard something somewhere about international courts and jurisdictions and... Oh yeah, yeah, we just finished talking about the International Criminal Court and the International Court of Justice, the ICC and the ICJ, in regards to a couple of cases in Africa and Europe. And we also mentioned that the United States most certainly does not put itself under those courts' jurisdictions. But how those courts are structured to deal with international cases like what's coming up now, and yet here's the United States acting as an international court, and not just requesting that some criminal be sent to their court system but a recent former world leader be subjected to their judicial tribunals wow i'm just uh I'm just going to go ahead and say it a little hypocritical, perhaps uh, a little little world police, maybe, yeah, you think. And this isn't even taken into account that the former president may have some form of immunity, because no immunity is final and they can always have it revoked. But this, well, this story here could lead to some pretty big developments across all of Latin America and the Americas in general. So let's see how it's all connected. And firstly, there's a lot of criminals who get extradited from one country to another. No biggie there. However... When heads of states go down, usually that's done in-house, in-country, or it's done at the ICC or the ICJ. If Honduras sends their very recent former president, who was just president last month, to the United States for criminal charges, what does it mean? Now, we ain't your grandpappy's facts, nor your sister CNN. we be lo-fi poli-sci. Which means we bring that political science perspective to what's going on in the world today. And we talk about what's happening in the world tomorrow. Political science is about predictions. So let's make some and see just where this story may go moving forward. If Honduras sends their former president to the United States, it'll send a message to the U.S. from a Latin American country saying that trying their heads of states from Latin America in U.S. judicial tribunals is okay and acceptable. It'll signal to the U.S., that they can make this same request to other Latin American countries as well, and it will create precedent that the U.S. will use and cite against other Latin American countries that might be hesitant. And why would any Latin American country be hesitant, you may ask? Well, let me ask you this. Would the United States ever agree to send a former president to a Latin American country's court system to be tried for criminal charges? You can just imagine the Jeopardy theme song playing right there, you know, while you're waiting for your answer. Because you all know the answer is, hell no, that would never happen. But the short version of this is, the U.S. could use this as leverage against Latin American countries who are dependent on U.S. aid to help them both economically and politically. The U.S. could use this as leverage to say to Latin American countries, hey, give us your leaders or anyone else we want to try or will cripple your economy and send you into political chaos. I mean, really, the U.S. has already done that in the past. Just this time, they'd be acting like they are doing it legally. And massive finger quotes around that legally term there, people. The fact is, it'll create precedent for the United States to act as an international court system for world leaders who come from Latin American countries. While the U.S. would offer nothing similar in return for holding their own presidents and leaders accountable to Latin American countries. It'll create a double standard of international justice in the Americas that would rightfully be called neocolonization. Period. And with all that being said, right about now you just may be wondering, so what? This is really about drugs. Why should we even care? And the quick answer I'll give you, and you know I always give it to you like this. I cannot, nor will I ever, tell you what you should care about. What you care about is your business, people are different and diverse. Instead, what I'll do is, I'll tell you why this matters to me, and why I think this matters to the U.S. government. Remember last week, we talked about Ecuador and Argentina working with China to restructure their debt and to increase infrastructure programs and funding in their country to become part of China's One Belt and Road Initiative? Yeah, you remember. You see, if the United States starts acting all neocolonial in Latin America to this high of a degree, then the U.S. will be pushing, pushing Latin American countries even quicker into the One Belt and Road Initiative because it represents economic development and aid that has no strings attached, and it will further diversify the international economy, increasingly restructure the power dynamics, and the U.S. will have no one but themselves to blame for it. Inevitably, by trying to play police of the Americas, they'll lose more influence than they'll gain, because there are other options out there today for financing economic development. And that, my friends, is connecting the dots, lo-fi poli style. I know, a little heavy with that one, huh? All right. Well, let's chill for a second. Let's reset, cue in some music, and we'll be back in just a second with the trade-off and our good friend Gregory Dinkley.
1: Ripsville AD, joining the show today. How are you doing, my friend? I am stunningly well today. How are
0: you, man? Stunningly well. I like that. I like nice words that we don't hear that often. Like the old mm-hmm. bull. Oh, I'm fine and dandy. never hear that anywhere. <laughs> oh, I'm doing good, doing good. So why don't you tell the good people at home what this trade-off's all
1: about? Yeah, we're uh, swapping music for the week, getting some feedback, and turning each other on some, you know, new choices out there. That's what
0: I'm talking about. Yes, indeed. Let's go ahead and dive right in. You want to go first or second?
1: Yeah, I'll go first. I'll talk about the pick you sent me uh, last week called Level Up by uh, Robo um, featuring Aristoteles and Mona Lisa. Um, please feel free to jump in if I mispronounce these uh, names. But uh, this is a uh, I'm assuming a, sort of a hip hop pop uh, house music sort of uh mashup from europe i think um with some anime art uh that kind of threw me also so i think the influence there seems seems uh to kind of creep in there but uh this was definitely uh pop music that was outside of my comfort zone but i do think <laughs> i do think there's some some uh some influences like from daft punk and maybe some other synth wave or house music like from france that i was kind of catching on there um that was kind of my gateway into this and um It kind of mixes some really great lo-fi quality, like these like synthesizer guitar sounds with some like grand instrumentation that I found really uh, um, intriguing. And then there's this sort of motivational side to it that I also really uh, loved. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see uh, or interested to hear why you sent this to me. And uh, maybe you can elaborate a little bit about the maybe the anime influence on it. Uh, Definitely the album art cover um, had that on it. So yeah. Yeah. Why did you choose this one for me? Yeah, well, I was wondering when we would come across
0: finally a pick that one of us didn't like. And I kind of (laughs) figured, you know, this might be one you may not like. Oh, man, I love this song. Uh I really do. Uh So you're right. Robo, he's from the Netherlands. But I say he loosely because really a lot of his music is featuring a whole lot of other people, too. Mm -hmm. So it's not really just him. And, you know. Robo is in many ways in the forefront of like house, bass, hip hop, trip hop, and like completely hitting the scene hard in Europe, you know, Um, and his song Level Up featuring Aristotle's and Mona Lisa, this song just picks me up and gets me going in a big kind of way. I could listen to the song anytime. And the mix of so many different types of music all into one, like you were talking about, it all, it all gets to me. And I'll even tell you how I found it. And I think maybe this is where you're getting like the little anime from as well, because it, it kind of goes with the theme of leveling up. So I don't I don't broadcast it to the world, but I guess I am now. But I'm a low key gamer, you know, not ashamed mm-hmm. to say it, because really gaming these days is a, it's so popularized. It's a multi billion dollar global industry, you know. Yeah, sure. But not all gamers watch esports. I, however, do. Okay. So <laughs> I watch worldwide tournaments online, you know. Uh-huh. So I was watching a worldwide esport tournament this past summer and they cut the break on the live stream and Robo's level up started playing on repeat. And it just works perfect for the esport community because it's all about, you know, leveling up your game. But this song works for life in general because we're all always in life, you know, just trying to level up to get a little better, do a little better, make tomorrow better than today. And so to like kind of mix-mash those worlds, um, I don't know, it just really cost me, I like it a lot. So that's why I picked it, because,
1: you know. Yeah, it's great. It's good for uh, a little insight into that, because yeah, it definitely, the. The name of the song level i definitely get that gamer vibe to it but i guess maybe the anime cover threw me off Um uh, yeah no uh i didn't say that i necessarily dislike this track it just <laughs> be a little outside of my taste but uh no i could definitely get in on the uh the message of it and uh yeah it's no sh- no shame of being a gamer it's uh i think that's a thing of the past all right good, good that's
0: what i say too all right now let's go ahead and switch to your song man i uh, want you you want to hear my take on it first or you want to give your take no no go ahead and tell me what you thought of it. All right, so the comet is coming all that matters is the moment so i like going with giving you the words that it made me feel like i did last time so Mm -hmm. i kind of want to do that again you know when i started playing the song these are some of the words that really came to me it was psychedelic jazzy experimental caribbean african commentary exciting relaxing upbeat Fascinatingly complex and deep, my friend. I mean, I loved all seven minutes and forty-four seconds of this song. And this is another song I could listen to on repeat and just go about doing stuff in my house, you know? And it's it's an intricate mix of what feels like a few different songs all put into one to kind of bring you on this emotional roller coaster ride. And it's really a refreshing take on jazz mixed with Caribbean African influence. And I liked it a lot, man. But but tell me why I call it to you.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I've always liked jazz music, a big jazz head, and uh, recently, kind of just in the last few years, discovered this this scene happening in the UK of all these great new jazz musicians who are mixing stuff like Caribbean and New Orleans funeral jazz music and African sounds and with with this band, uh, electronic stuff, kind of experimenting with all these things and kind of the new, uh, to me, the new uh, movement of jazz. And uh, I just, I felt like I really had to share this with you because I thought you'd really dig it. Um, and the saxophone player in here is probably the most prolific of the whole movement, Chewbacca Hutchins. Um, he's in a number of bands, but uh, I think with this this particular track, just the way he's wailing on that sax, uh, it's just infectious.
0: Oh, I agree. I agree completely. And, you know, it makes me think like, so I am a fan a fan of jazz, but it's been a while since I've listened to jazz, but I still do listen to lo-fi jazz mixes. And the saxophone really brought me back into bringing bring it back to anime. It brought me back to a lo-fi jazz mix i listen to pretty often and that's from the anime cowboy bebop mm-hmm. um, and that anime uses jazz heavily to to storytell and so that's where i listen to a lot of my jazz now but to hear this take on it i mean like i said it was just refreshing completely refreshing
1: oh yeah man this is uh like great stuff going on right now in uh in modern jazz I dig it. I dig it. I look forward
0: to hearing more of it. All right, my friend, where are we going next? What you got for me next time?
1: Oh yeah, I got a little uh, nice, uh, little tasty piece of music here for you. Uh, it's an American classic from the band that I consider the patron saint of Hipsville, AD. Uh, I'm giving you <laughs> "Human Fly" by the Cramps. "Human Fly" by the Cramps. All right, all right. Let's see
0: what this is all about and send me a link to a version that you want me to listen to too because i've been oh, finding absolutely. like yeah sometimes you get like different versions of stuff so send me that link we will do uh, and for you i decided to go with a little bit of an older song that kind of found its way back into my life just recently and the name of the song is smoke and mirrors and it's by rjd2 ooh,
1: ooh, ooh. that's a that's a good one
0: Oh, well, well, you already heard it. Now I kind of feel like I need to pick a different one.
1: Oh, no, no, no. We can talk about it. I haven't heard it in a long time. So I'm looking forward to talking to it with you. All right. All right. Then we'll let it go. We'll let it go. (laughs) And all you listeners right now, send in
0: your thoughts as well. You know, let us know what you think about our music. And maybe we'll just go ahead and read them on the show. And Gregory Day, until next time, turn it up and play it loud. Yes, sir. All right. Back in a second with some Lo-Fi Global Trivia, peeps. funky freshness right before we hit that lo-fi global trivia and big thanks to Gregory Day of Hipsville AD for coming on and talking music with us but now it is in fact time for that global trivia all lo-fi like where we come at you with five fast-paced global trivia questions give you five seconds to think of your answers and this week we're coming at you with a Mardi Gras edition that's right oh yeah Mardi Gras is here already so why not Do a little Mardi Gras trivia, and we'll start easy-like for you and and groove into it. Number one, what day of the week is Mardi Gras named for? And five, four, three, two, one. Survey says, Tuesday, that'd be Fat Tuesday. And number two, what day of the week is Gras named for? Oh, and if you're like, what the hell is that? I only knew about Mardi Gras. Well, for us, Mardi Gras just wasn't enough, so we had to make Gras too. And five, four, three, two, one. Survey says, that'd be Monday, Fat Monday, the day before Tuesday. That's right. All right, number three. When eating a king cake and your piece has the baby in it, this means what? And five, four, three, two, one. Survey says, Nothing! It means not a damn thing. Unless it just means hopefully you were lucky and didn't choke on the fact that someone tried to hide a piece of plastic in your food and make you buy the next king cake. Ridiculous tradition. Ridiculous. End the tradition. Oh, breathe. Rant? Over. Number four. Is carnival in Brazil the same as Mardi Gras in New Orleans? And five, four, three, two, one. Our answer? Yes and no. More on that next week, during Mardi Gras, perhaps. And number five, our last one of the day. Do New Orleans and all South Louisiana schools get the day off for Mardi Gras? And five, four, three, two, one, survey says. You better damn believe it. While the rest of the country may take their president's day or whatever you do, we gladly, gladly choose Mardi Gras for our day of the week to take off. Mm hmm, mm hmm. And that's LoFi Global Trivia Mardi Gras Edition for you this week. Write in, let us know what you get right, what you get wrong, what did we get wrong. We know we always don't do it right. And We may even read your messages on air. But let's take a quick break and listen to some tunes. Hello, LoFi Polysy Original, that luscious Luna LoFi. Back in a minute, people. Gotta get my hydration on. bring it down a notch with our very own luscious Luna lo-fi now this is your moment lo-fi listeners for all your write-ins recordings and words in your voice that everyone wants to hear and let's see just what you had to say this week Okay, nice segment. Moving on. no no na na. no. I hear you out there. I know y'all be all lo-fi, low-key, busy this past week. Quizzes and exams and papers and whatnot. But I'm gonna try and reach you even a little more. Yes, indeed. I'm working on putting out some poll questions with episodes moving forward. Put them into the different podcast apps and whatnot. So, uh, you can simply just reach out like that. We'll see how it goes. But be on the lookout, people. Alright, alright. Let's tune the music in. And then turn it down. It's Lo-Fi Storytime with Pickering. Each story time, I'm going to give you a piece of me, a story from my life. And for today, I want to tell you about birthdays. You see, I do love birthdays. It's that one day of the year you get to truly celebrate the fact that someone near and dear to you is actually in your world. You get to be thankful that they make your life better. Now, I will say I have long been an advocate for realizing that just one single day is truly not enough, and I think birthday months are completely acceptable. Though I understand more popular is the birthday week, I always like celebrating mine for the entire month. Though I will say I did not partake in birthday month celebrations these past two years, sadly. Though unsadly, really, it's because it's I celebrated my B-Day these past two years in perhaps the most nerdiest of ways, which I will not go into this lo-fi mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I think not. But I will say... I had some really good birthday month celebrations in the past, and perhaps enough to warrant the chilling out of my festivities for a while. And no, that has nothing to do with the fact that I'm getting too old and tired because I wake up way, way too early these days. But let's turn our attention to other people's birthdays, which I am renowned for forgetting. As much as I love celebrating people's birthdays, I always forget what day they are. Well. One friend of mine in particular, I've been known since I was a child, since we were teenagers, and, and we've stayed close for many years, even to today. I always knew their birthday was in February. Just didn't know which day. And I mean, this is awkward, right? For someone you truly consider to be close with, someone you know since you were a kid, and as adults you stayed friends all the way through, and you don't even know when their birthday is, even when. They text you on your birthday, every single year, on the dot. Makes you feel bad. So this month, I decided I'm just going to text them in early February, betting on the fact that I'll text them before their actual birthday so it's early, and I'll just admit to the fact that, like, hey, happy birthday, happy early birthday, I know I'm early, but I wanted to tell you before, you know, and kind of be honest, really. And sure enough, they texted me back telling me that I was two and a half weeks early, so I didn't miss it this year, and I was happy about that. And I found out the exact date, so I could talk to them again on their actual birthday. Which I did. Today. And you know, sometimes we don't realize that the simplest of messages, the smallest amount of showing someone that you care, that who they are matters... What makes the world a difference to that person, you know? You know, so for any of you lo-fi listeners out there, send in your birthdays. Those are your friends or your loved ones. B-day shout-outs that you want to make on air. Send them in. I would love nothing more than to be able to wish each of you a happy birthday. Because who you are matters, and because I'd like to say thank you, even if just in this small little way and tell you happy birthday. But let you know, you make all of our lives better. And that's Lo-Fi Storytime for today. We'll be right back with some news to close us out, so chill to the tunes. We're back with a last couple of pieces of news to send you on your way for the day and an update to an old story that we've talked about in the past about Japan getting ready to dump water from the Fukushima nuclear plant that had a major accident a few years ago. Well, they're getting ready to pour all that water into the ocean, but first, members of the International Atomic Energy Agency are going to test the water to see if it's safe. And I am so anxiously awaiting to see the results of their study. We'll keep you updated and virgin galactic is back up and running sending people to space tickets on sale only for about four hundred and fifty thousand dollars a piece damn i'm never going to space and in south africa there's this gin that uses elephant poo to filter alcohol i haven't tasted it so i don't know so don't ask you let me know if you tried it it's andolavu's gin which has been out since 2018 i just read a piece on it thought i would share it with you Another piece I saw was about scientists looking into why art and music therapy help individuals with brain disorders. Cool stuff here. I love art. I love music. It completely makes sense to me why it would help with brain disorders. You know, medicine may heal the body, but music, that heals the soul. And to that end, I saw a last piece on Bob Marley's Exodus album has been out for 45 years now. Talk about music for the soul. And for almost half a century, Marley's been healing us all. I love it, people. I love it. And that's a brief snapshot of what's going on in the world today. Right into the show and check us out on lofipolisci.com. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, myself on LinkedIn. Connect to us, people. Check out Friday's blog post on My Week That Was Last Week. Always remember that LoFi Sci is more than just me, it's the week that we be. Talk to you next time, LoFi listeners. Pickering, signing off.